What's up, guys, and welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. It's your main man, J-Mac, here on this beautiful Wednesday evening at Sensibly Loud HQ in Dallas, Texas. I am at the table with Be Easy Brandon and Mountain Carl. What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey, doing great. Not too bad, man. Good to be back. Another week. All kinds of fun shits come out. Feels like it was a quicker week as far as like news. We had a lot more going on this week overall than we did the past couple yeah not too much of a beat down um really looking forward to talking about what we have on the docket today me too man there's all kinds of wild crap that we're going to tie together especially after our post disney movie talk electric stuff boys like i mean the little mermaid stuff was just unbelievable in the last episode so We'll, we'll keep yeah thought thought we were going straight to casting and then zigged and zagged right to dicks right to dicks <laughs> couldn't miss didn't happen so yeah we uh we will be kind of you know tying all, all this stuff together as we go and and i guess to start that off uh so i was in i i got out of town this weekend for the first time in quite some time because so i wrote a blog the other day about the avocado thief in my neighborhood that apparently is on the run i'm sure you guys saw this right animal Uh, just an absolute beast out there stealing trees uh, or plants or whatever the hell they grow on (laughs) i don't i don't know that i could pick out an uh, avocado plant to be real honest with you guys but uh, i started looking at it and i had done 28 podcast episodes over a course of 45 days and my brain felt like it so i knew that i needed to get out of town so we went down to austin this weekend and uh, i'll kind of touch on that here in just a second and we just kind of got away though and it was kind of cool, like the house that we rented. It was kind of an Airbnb type situation. They didn't have, uh, they didn't have like the sports package in any way, shape, or form. So they had all like Dish Network stuff except for the sports. So we didn't even have ESPN, which did kind of suck because I wanted to watch Wimbledon. But besides that, it forced me to get like unplugged from everything. And so I just I decided I'm going to stay away from all things. SLM and also just you know media in general and I'll just catch back up whenever I get back on Sunday and over the course of trying to find things to watch of course the thing that I ran into that I couldn't stay away from after our last episode talk was Looney Tunes (laughs) so Looney Tunes was on almost exclusively on the uh, the not Cartoon Network but like the Teen Nick Network I think is what it is is that a network? Sounds like one. Yeah, there's like a million of them out there. They're all like spinoffs of this, that, and the other. But they were all Bugs Bunny episodes, which was awesome. But at the same time, like, you know, we talked about the diversity that is Looney Tunes on this show last time. And it just, it's one of those things where I want to see everything. I don't want to just see Bugs Bunny. That's fair enough. I mean, if you don't have... Uh... Happy LePew trying to go after some tail. Yeah, it's not good. Not really Looney Tunes. I mean, maybe we stumbled upon the exact thing that we were talking about last episode where it's a situation that they can't show all those ones like Pepe LePew and all those really racy cartoons anymore. Like uh, Speedy Gonzalez is another good example. So maybe it's just one of those things where they're only showing Bugs Bunny because it's the closest one to safe. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's uh, it's also one of those things where I'm wondering if uh, Bugs Bunny has got some pretty raw material too, where oh. they've got like the best of Bugs Bunny and they'll play like the same eleven on a loop kind of thing. There's a very good chance. I, there's probably a lot 
of them out there that were pretty okay. But, I mean, he dresses Elmer Fudd down every single time. I mean, he just makes him look like an idiot. As well he should. I mean, Elmer Fudd's an asshole. He is. Yeah, that's all I can tell you. Dude, uh, something that happened when I got back, though, is I ordered dog food over Amazon because it was on sale this past weekend. Have either uh, of you ever done this? No, I've I've never done this. I've never even done the Chewy route. So my uh my roommate does uh Amazon Prime now, so they'll ship it like next day delivery. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty awesome. And I love the idea of it, but I had another shipping mishap, and we talked about that a few episodes ago where we played Russian nesting dolls whenever we yes. got the Bocce balls, right? And so I get a notification on my phone that it says, hey, your package is here, right? So I go and open the front door, and it's in a box outside, and it's in like a standard, like, so first of all, this was a 50-pound bag of dog food. So it was a big, big-ass, like, weight. I mean, it's 50 pounds. That's and, a sack. Yeah, it's a big old sack of food. And I love that they thought to put it in a box, first of all, and <laughs> the fact that it's just basically like it's the equivalent of like if you're moving apartments and you don't want to really like seal the boxes up too much because you're only moving you know maybe down the way so you just put one piece of tape over it that's kind of how this box looked outside on my front doorstep oh no and so of course i go to pick it up it's massive and the like basically what had happened was that the box had just disintegrated when they tried to pick it up and so the only way they could bring this to the, to the front door was to shove a hand, a hand through the box and grab onto the sack of dog food and then set it on my doorstep and pull the hand out. So, what the hell? So they just shoved a hand through the box to grab onto the dog food thing so, so that the box wouldn't completely disintegrate. Why bother with the box at all? Just leave it on my doorstep. Do they do the thing where they take a picture of it after the fact and say like, oh, here's your package. It's got a giant fish-shaped hole through it. <laughs> I don't know if that's one of the ones. That they, so I usually do get that, but I don't know if that's one of the ones that I, I got or that had a picture this time. That would that would absolutely be worth it. I love uh, I love Amazon Prime. And I love Amazon Prime because you can abuse Amazon Prime. And uh, one of the things that we did when Sambino and I were racing cars is we ordered wheels over Amazon Prime. Well, everybody knows that wheels are not exactly a lightweight item. So we had had a UPS guy show up at our house with four packages that were giant and then, you know, like 10 other things. And he rolls it in with a dolly and he just looks at me like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because, I mean, he has to know we didn't pay shipping on these things, right? I mean, like, these things should have been like $200 freight. And, yeah. and we just got it for free. So good on you, Amazon. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I will absolutely abuse that as long as I live. Can you still buy wheels on Amazon? Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think you can buy wheels, and you can buy all kinds of auto parts and stuff off Amazon. Their searchability on the car stuff kind of sucks, but uh, but I mean, yeah, I think it's all out there. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know where the where it ends as far as what you can buy. You can probably buy an engine hoist or something on Prime and have it delivered to your house. I mean, it's it's pretty nuts. Now you can do homes on Amazon. Did you know that? I did, actually. That's a really weird thing, but I'm not surprised by that. 
no, I'm not at all. Uh, I, uh, I know that my dad was like, we're going to build a cabin. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Have you considered having Amazon drop one for you? <laughs> With a couple of drones. Just yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just, you know, Sikorsky sky crane that bitch out to the middle of the country and drop it down there. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I just did. So I went to look on my Amazon account just to see if there was a picture. There is no picture, unfortunately, which now I'm pissed off at myself for not taking a picture of it. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> you should have seen me tear apart the box to get to the bag of food. That was a whole other son of a bitch of this whole thing. But, so do you have Ring or uh, Nest or anything like that like to oh, monitor? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'll go back and look at that in a second. Yeah, do that. But I did discover that it was delivered by UPS. I expect better of UPS than that. Like, it, a lot of times it's Amazon's, like, actual delivery service, but, like, UPS is better than that. I think UPS is better than that. I'm not what, sure. I'm not convinced. My my belief is that UPS is better than that, but it sounds like what they did to you is hit the lowest common denominator of package delivery. So I, is is Amazon bad? I mean, is Amazon bad at package delivery at no. all? Uh, Amazon's really good. I usually do Prime. Now, the thing is, the key to Prime is whenever you're selecting who you're buying it from, you have to make sure that Prime icon is there. Right. So, That's true. Because you have Prime and you do overnight, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be delivered by an Amazon vehicle. You know, if that Prime thing's not there, then you'll probably end up with a, a UPS type situation. Right. Now, I uh, I know that there was a, a hubbub about the ability or the the dress code of Amazon workers and how they can just wear kind of like street clothes or something similar to that, and. Uh, how people were freaking out because they would find them on their doorstep at like nine o'clock at night, you know, <laughs> dropping packages and they'd be like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing in from my front yard? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I lived at uh, th these apartments for about four years before I moved into this house um, a year ago. And, and every time I'd order something from prime every now and then I'd get it like late at night at like eight 30, nine 30 PM. And I guess some of these prime vans or whatever, just going into some of these subdivisions of apartments, I don't know if they just worked out a deal uh, to where they just uh, had like a third party service and maybe they just, here's the after hours team and, oh, hey, you, you have a Pontiac Grand Am. Yeah, just roll up in your Grand Am in front of someone's place and just drop the package off in your street clothes and don't freak them out, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't, don't knock on their door incessantly and start screaming. Your yeah. package is here. Guy rolls package. up looking like a dealer, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. So uh, what am I looking at exactly on this group chat, yeah, uh, so Justin? I just posted in our Slack chat. That is the picture of it sitting on my doorstep, which I'm about to tweet out of the main account of the show. But if you look over to the right, you can see that the box is busted open where they stuck their, stuck their <laughs> damn arm through. And, okay, that, I thought that's what that was. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty nice fish-shaped hole. It's All you gotta do is pick it up from the base. I don't get it, dude. But you, <laughs> I think it is one of those things where it's awkward. And I know that people say that whenever things are just too heavy. But like, I think it is, was an awkward thing. But regardless, don't just like puncture the goddamn thing. And you know, I mean, he didn't know what was in there. What if it was yeah. like a bag of fish? <laughs> Yo, well, who was it? Danny DeVito carrying that, and he couldn't see over it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if that came up on the doorbell video? I thought I thought you were gonna go like real esoteric and be like, "What does he have in there? A, a hive of bees? Like right. what? That, no. What's in here? Some magnum dongs? 
awesome. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Man. Well, we've already got off the rails. That's good. That's yeah, been no too doubt long. about it. Well, speaking of off the rails, have you guys seen this Area 51 story? Oh boy, have I. Oh yeah. P- Carl, break it down for the good people who are not familiar. Okay. So right now we have got a uh, Facebook group that is talking about going to storm area 51 to go see them aliens. That's a quote, by the way. Um, so I think it like a while back, it was at 400,000. Now I think it's like a million, um, which I think it's up to like 4 million. Uh, uh, why not? Yeah. Why uh, not? Because because if you need to see them aliens, then there's only one way to do it is to have 4 million people storm a government compound. Um, so that's the idea is that everybody's going to show up at like 3 a.m. on some September day and go storm Area 51 because they desperately need to see the contents inside. And uh, there are numerous people that have more level heads that have informed them that they're probably going to die. Um, yeah. The Air Force themselves said something. Yeah. They were like, you know, we're prepared to defend our military installation. So yeah, if you show up, which this has happened in the past, I mean, a lot of things started, uh, blowing up around, I guess the mid to late eighties, people would like camp out there and then eventually Clinton got, got an office and extended the perimeter. So people, no, we lost. Yeah. Oh, into the base. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's hilarious. But I think right when Bob Lazar kind of came out, like in 1990, and kind of was the whistleblower, like you know, he was contracted there and saw, you know, didn't really see aliens, but saw this technology that had to be alien. You know, it was just one of those deals where it started having this mystique, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty funny if there's going to be people that are going to show up, but they're going to live stream it. I heard. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about because I can armchair quarterback that from the comfort of my own home. But see, we should do a live watch of it. Number one. Uh, But number two, like the thing about this is that we like, it's going to be one of those things where four million, you know, we're probably, so it's in September, right? So there's going to be 6 million people that join this group or whatever by the time this is all said and done. And then 40 people are going to show up and get mowed down by machine guns. And that's what's terrifying about the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not exactly like I'm looking forward to that, but uh, there was, there was some dude that posted on the, the group that was saying like, they can't kill us all. Yeah. That's, that's terrible like, logic. Sure. They yeah. can. <laughs> I it's what it sounds like is that you've missed most of recent history. Right. So I, I mean I wouldn't put it past them to blow themselves you know, themselves up despite the nose on their face kind of situation. Like I mean, th- think about the fucking A bomb. Like that like they can stop whoever they need to stop is the point. Right. When I'm talking about recent history, I can cover all the way from the forties. Right. I'm pretty sure that's that's recent enough to cover all things that could kill you like immediately especially so, out there yeah i mean it's the place is a military target range it's not exactly like they're worried about splash damage well and the thing is to whatever they did have there like you know like skunk works uh doing the f-117 stealth fighter uh working right. on the b2 bomber all that stuff and who knows what else uh there's been other projects but all that stuff has been moved since then you know and yeah since yeah you know, <laughs> you know, expanding the perimeter and all that back in the nineties, you know, all that's moved to 
probably some underground installation now. Who knows what they got now with the technology. But even that installation, there's probably still some things there, but it's really just military aircraft working on drones or whatever, different propulsion systems. But you think about, I don't know if you guys have been to like a military base. Like I grew up, uh, both my parents are Air Force brats. I've been to several of them and they're pretty scary. They, they, te- they take things very seriously in terms of how you enter and how you exit. Uh, but in terms of just the amount of security that they have there, um, you know, I've heard stories like they have these detectors in the ground where if the temperature, you know, rises too much more than the atmosphere outside, it sets off an alarm and then they send out like a unit to go investigate and it could be an animal, you know, or it could be a human, you don't know, but all kinds of stuff and stories that have come out of there. Right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, and, well, that's the well, other thing too. Oh, go ahead, Carl. Sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. I was just going to say. I mean, to Brandon's point, even more ludicrously about this is that they've set the date for like September, which makes sense when you're organizing something like this. However, that just gives them time to move everything. So, like, I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, even if they were to succeed, I mean, yeah, that that is a good point. If they hadn't moved everything like Brandon had said. You know what I mean? Or if they even needed to, like if they really felt the need to move anything. Also, oh, well, also I'll say, number one thing about war is surprising the enemy. And right. by so having they a, failed that, they failed that miserably. So, like, the cat's out of the bag. Right. The whole thing's so, ludicrous. So, put, putting a schedule on it, not right. a good look for them. No, on Facebook. On Facebook. But everybody's yeah. on. But but two, it's like say you show up and say you beat all the perimeter measure, you know, security measures and everything, and you get there on base and there's a door. How are you gonna get in? Like you guys work in a very secure facility like I do, and you know, we have a uh, you know, HID and and uh you know badge access and and all that stuff and eye scanners, at least where I work, and there's no fucking way they're gonna get in there. No, yeah, absolutely not. By the way, can you get some eye scanners installed at the office? I'm tired sure. of people going in my office and your office. Ben, Ben talked about on the outfielder the other day with his stinky ass dog that got sprayed by a skunk and he let it sleep on the office couch. So, <laughs> seems like we got spiders and skunks going on now. It's a lot so, happening. Yeah, it's not yeah. good around here. This so is, this is not a good working environment. I need the retinal scanners, Brandon. <laughs> okay, All you right. got it. Got it. All right. So yeah, I think that whole thing is just so silly, though. It's just a a gag right there's just nothing else to talk about at this time of year is that is that what really is going on here well a lot of this kind of extenuates from uh that like i mentioned this guy bob lazar he came out in 89 or 90 stating that you know he worked there and this is some of the things he saw and it was kind of like this flying saucer technology and uh his story has not really changed in the last 30 years and most people eventually end up poking holes and stuff uh but he was on joe rogan and uh, he had a documentary come out on Netflix recently. Documentary is not that good, but the Joe Rogan interview is really good. It's it's pretty solid for around two hours. So once that came out, of course, it's got millions and millions of views, and it only kind of uh, catapulted this to come out. Okay. Well, ridiculously enough, it seems to be gaining traction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look real quick and see if I can figure out. I just want to see how many people were up to officially as of the taping of this episode. So slander area 51 for a second for me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We'll go ahead and field that ball. Um, No, I, uh, I don't see how this is a good idea at all. 
I uh, I like the idea of somebody actually going onto Facebook, putting something like their face in a group, right? So that people can be cataloged as far as who will invade this place, mm-hmm. and then giving it a date and time. So that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, everybody's just kind of like, I mean, if if the government is one of these people, right, pretending to be one of these people and saying, "Hey, I wonder if any of these people are," I don't know. Uh, bad guys, right? We can catalog, we can catalog all of their faces through recognition, and it, everybody's immediately cataloged as people who wanted to storm Area Fifty One. So that's yeah, good. What if they get red flagged, and then then you'll you'll be like, we'll be coming back from Colorado, and uh, Justin and I be at the airport, and we see this guy be like, "Oh, get your hands off me! Where are you taking me?" It's like, oh, this this is another one of those nut jobs that got red flagged for wanting to storm Area Fifty One. <laughs> It's like the it's like the beginning of some kind of totalitarian movie, yeah. like yeah, just just like oh, it could have been me, yeah. No, that uh, that's that's got to play well. The uh, the the database that you land on for this mm-hmm. thing, I wonder, I wonder if you get pushed onto the don't do not fly list and Ooh, stuff like that's that. That's a good point. Yep, it's not exactly like you can jump off of that whenever you want i think people have tried and proven it's pretty damn difficult so i just don't understand why these people are trying to question the you know the power of the the military that just seems like a really poor idea i think it probably started as a really really poorly crafted joke that everybody kind of chuckled at and then a lot of people got in on the joke and then now there's if there's four million people i'd give you a million people that truly believe they're going to do this for real like so, I'll give you a solid quarter of that. There's one point one point six million going, and one point two million interested. And of that one point two million, Brandon, I'll report to you. One of those is Vegas Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> of course, God damn it, dude. he's the ringleader, man. We need to get him on. I know. We're gonna do it. We're gonna go to him. That's what we've got to do. We've got to go to Kyle. It's it's non-negotiable. It's got to be in person. You've got to be able to read Kyle's face. <laughs> That's it's, amazing. He's an incredible individual, and this doesn't shock me even a little bit. Not even close. But, yeah, it's a ridiculous ruse. I'm glad we got to slander it a little bit. Yep. Um, speaking of r- ridiculous ruses. Oh, here we go. Peace Jam 2 movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seems to be getting more and more <laughs> ridiculous as we keep going. What a transition. That was good. Uh, speaking of things that were scuttled before they began. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about something that's dressed down immediately. It just, I, I, I saw the other day that Damian Lillard, who plays for the Trailblazers, pretty reasonably sized point guard. I don't know if he's like one of the most known players, but he's one of the best top 25 players in the NBA, I would say. And he's had a significant amount of this love, like filming in this movie is what he said. He said that he's been, it wasn't just like a cameo type thing. It's that he's been really busy with it all this summer. So it sounds like they're putting in work on it and they're getting NBA guys in there, which, I mean, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Damian Lillard. I mean, those are okay names to carry a movie like that, I think. Yeah, but isn't Le- LeBron the one of the main executive producers of the movie? Yeah, he is, which I trust, yeah. honestly. I think LeBron's a pretty funny dude. I just don't yeah, like but basketball. you know how he is. Like, not everybody wants to sign up to play with him because he's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, I think that's different on the basketball court. I think yeah. that because the problem on the basketball court is at this point in his career, he's just kind of treated like, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else to prove, which he doesn't. 
Like, he really doesn't. I mean, he's done what he's going to do, and, I mean, he's still got a lot left in the tank. He's only 34. But I So think, do you think he's difficult enough to work with to drive away to a director? Because that was the big news this right. time. That's so what is, I was going to bring up. So is okay, that kind of yeah, what the yes. word is here? Yeah. Well, he, Terrence Nance uh, dropped out. He had been listed to be the director of this film for quite a while, and he dropped out over creative differences, which is usually oh. code talk for – somebody called someone an asshole and ah. yeah okay, classic so ir- irreconcilable differences kind of thing yeah i saw that he dropped out but i didn't see that that was why yeah yep. interesting okay so that uh, that may that i shouldn't have been standing up for lebron that's what i get no you you can do that that's allowed i mean i'm just saying that malcolm d lee is set to replace and it, the real telling moment here will be if he decides to leave as well yeah that's that's where you start to really worry about it because i mean we have talked about this, too, on the show a lot, that they have to do this right. They definitely have to make sure that they get this correct. Yeah. So if there I, are yeah. creative differences and you don't see it going in the right direction, I understand why you've got to make a move there. But at the same time, if it starts to get more than one time, that starts to be worrisome. But we don't know if it's LeBron at this point. It could be WB because no. yeah. this is a WB project, Looney Tunes and all. So... You know, and they've had a history of having too many cooks in the kitchen. So, you know, who knows? Good Lord. I mean, just look at the Birds of Prey movie that's coming yeah. out pretty soon. The uh, that's that's the if, for people who don't know, that's another DC film. And it's got, you know, Harley Quinn and a bunch of uh, female characters that are in it that are supposed to be kind of the antiheroes. Um, but anyway, the idea is here that uh, this movie was actually screened really well. And it's actually gone uh, fairly good as far as audience reception is going. And uh, WB decided, the rumor has it, to say, we don't like this. We don't like the way it's going. We're going to start fucking with it. Okay. And, I, you know, just like Brandon says, this classic WB. Yeah. I mean, they got to have their fingers and everything. And it's it's not... Uh, from from what I understand, it's going to be another situation like the Justice League, where everybody wants to see the original cut and nobody can get a hold of it. So, yeah, they do well, tend to do right that now. Uh, you know, right now in Southern California, uh, Comic Con is underway. So, hoping this time next year, fingers crossed, we might end up venturing out there for that. But uh, we'll see what they if they show anything, any footage from that. Um, I know it's in, been in production, but they like to tease something. So, who knows? For yeah. sure. But I just I feel like Space Jam 2 is going to be one of those movies I'm going to watch with my eyes halfway covered and just hope for the best the whole time. It's hard to believe that there is a place that or there's there is a universe that doesn't just rehash everything that Michael Jordan did in right. that film. And also like I, I want it to be new and I want it to be fresh, but it's, it's difficult for me to believe that. I would agree. And I just don't know how you get by without I mean it was a perfect combination in the first one of music and the movie because I believe I can fly despite R. Kelly being an absolute fuck uh, was (laughs) (laughs) was incredibly I mean one of the top songs probably of all time of that especially of that era yeah so I mean yeah absolutely you got to have that aspect of this too it's a really fine line they're walking here Oh, boy. Who do you think they get to be like? I, I just can't think of what you could do. What kind of like superstar you could get to do the soundtrack or like the, you know, the hit song off of it or whatever. 
Ooh. Um, oh, who's the guy from Toy Story? <laughs> Randy <laughs> Newman? Rand- uh, Randy. No, that's not going to happen. They'll probably get Will Smith's son or something. Oh, dude, they would win. <laughs> they would win everything if they got Randy Newman in there. They got Randy Newman to do the entire the the entire uh, soundtrack. That'd be that'd be worth it. Yeah, or Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Yamo Space Jam, dude. You would have. <laughs> I hear Yamo be there one more time. I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. That's right. That's my favorite line, uh, Paul. Uh, red line of anything ever. That's so shit. So. Uh, speaking of a uh, potential potential dumpster fires uh do you guys want to talk some bond yeah sure. let's do it yeah so I'm, uh, no yeah i've got i've got some some takes on this so apparently and and i'm going to go ahead and compartmentalize real quick and say that this is not a uh argument that needs to be had on if there or should there or should there not be a female bond or anything like that but i want to talk about some news that dropped recently um in one corner, you have got a uh, Bond production that has been an absolute tire fire. Um, it's It's been really, really bad. It's had a lot of injuries. It's had a lot of schedule pushes. It's had a lot of rumors. It's just not good press for them. And uh, on the another corner, you have what has been established as the plot for Bond 25, which is the retirement of Daniel Craig as James Bond, basically. In the movie, James Bond retires, he goes to Jamaica, and he's living his life, doing his own thing, and then they pull a Rambo 2 and go over there and pull him back into service to save the world, right? In the final corner, you've got the latest news that just dropped, which is that there's going to be a popcorn dropping moment where uh, M is going to call for 007 to come in from behind a door and in walks Lashana Lynch as 007. Now, that's fine. I don't mind that. I'm just saying that... uh, this is supposed to be a really big moment and it was painted in the leak that happened from the studio as a very progressive and big moment for bond, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were going to hand over the title of 007 to Lashana Lynch. Uh, I want to go ahead and measure that against the other information that we've got. As far as this movie is concerned, where Daniel Craig is supposed to be retired already. To me, this sounds like, Daniel Craig is retired. He's living his life in Jamaica. Lashana Lynch is his replacement, at least momentarily, walks through the door, and then we're supposed to believe that she's the new 007. The way this is all being presented to the audience right now through this leak is that it's a very big progressive move and that Lashana Lynch will be the next 007. And that's what all the titles on all the news outlets are saying, right? The issue that I find here is not that. The problem is that what they've done is they promised us now through headlines and news and everything that this is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. That this is the next step in Bond. And what happens if 
she gets killed or she goes into retirement and Bond goes out of retirement and they, you know, he becomes 007 again. I feel like what they're doing is they're trying to get momentary good press for this movie. And what they're actually doing is rolling the dice heavily that the audience is going to forget that they made this big, bold claim early on. And then later on, what's going to happen is that they end up cheapening her character or they go to a point where she is no longer 007 and she was only a 007 for a few scenes in the movie. And doesn't that seem like kind of a hollow victory? Absolutely. I, it does cheapen I, the product. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why their production would be sh- so short-sighted on this as to make a bold claim and a big progressive move and want to shift this bond in a different direction. And then end up where there's a potential swap where Daniel Craig or whoever the next future James Bond is going to be ends up back in his role as 007 and Lashana Lynch is just kicked to the curb. Yeah. And that, w- that would be awful. That's I not mean, what you're looking for. That's that's the main point. Yeah. Yeah. The main the main point is that the the production house has decided to release this stuff for momentary good press. Right. And in doing so I feel like they've made a wild disservice to fans everywhere, not because they're casting someone that's different as Bond, but because they could pull the rug out from under every audience member out there at some point during the movie. And I I just, I I don't get it. Um, I hope I, I hope I was articulate enough on that, but the, I guess the other thing is that the leak said something about how, she, Lashana Lynch, uh, ignores or uh, rebukes all of Daniel Craig's passes towards her, right? And I think that's fine. That's a that's a direction that you can take. But they also say that that it only happens initially, right? So again, we're talking about uh, empowerment of a character, and then we're saying later on that she just i mean they get together i yeah i mean like we don't know that yet though we we don't we don't know that but i guess the point is that what they're pitching to us is a character that is this strong right and female and is going to be in this you know 007 role and then they're going to go in and they're going to completely rip apart everything all the progress that they would have made if they go down this path right because the, all they wanted was momentary good press. So I think the, the exact words they said were, she resists his advances for now. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the benefit of any of this. So, I mean, you guys, you guys can jump in on that. I know I probably dived on a landmine, but uh, I guess, I, like, again, my point is not, is it right or wrong to have a female James Bond? My point is that the studio is coming out here and making bold claims when I don't know if they can actually back it up. I mean, if you're going to cast someone in a 007 role, cast her in a 007 role, don't give her the role and then take it away. Well, okay. So here's the thing. And I'm pretty much like a bond aficionado. I I think you're probably up there too. Uh, and I, I agree with your points. The thing is, we don't know if they purposefully leaked this or not. Um, given the source, that source has been known to uh, 
gather information in nefarious ways in the past. Right. Um, but given the way that the news came out, yeah, I, I think half of it's true and half of it isn't. Um, I think that just my personal take, yeah, you know, maybe maybe trying to find good press or good face, you know, whatever. Uh, but that's the thing. It, it, it really doesn't matter what the, the press says or what, what negative things are going on or, or negative vibes coming from a project. Once that teaser trailer comes out and then the trailer comes out, everybody's like, oh, shit, I'm going to go see that. That looks damn good. No one yeah. gives a shit about what, you know, like the the local pond report in the UK had to say other, you know, daily rag. Sure. Uh, but so what I think this is uh, really doing is not really trying to try to find like a uh, safe face in terms of like positive um, news and all that. I, I think it's more of a way to get a feedback in terms of what people think. And a lot of uh, picture companies do this uh, quite a bit in terms of, hey, let's let's leak a little bit. Let's leak, leak a little nugget out and see what people think. And if people think like, oh, that's shit or whatever, then they'll be like, eh, maybe we'll have lesser scenes. And yeah, let's cut a few a yeah. few scenes from this character. But I can see that. Just yeah. testing the waters. Yeah. The way they the way they framed it really mm-hmm. made me wonder if that's what they were doing just because of the look who the new 007 is right i guess they had to do that if especially if they're trying to do what you're talking about Mm -hmm. which is uh get the most visceral reactions from people you can get that immediately on social media now it's kind of like an instant poll for all of humanity which is great uh like like i said i don't know if this well i didn't say this before but i agree with you now i'm not sure if this is just to get good publicity but it's smacked of that given all the bad publicity they've had so far so i i can see your point well and the other thing too is 007 you know i mean in goldeneye right we had sean bean played 006 you know for england james right and, you know had the the classic death falling and everything so it's just a number and it's not a not like sports where you can retire that number you know that jersey is not going to get retired so someone you know Bond's already been retired. It's it's supposed to take place like five years after Spectre. He runs off to Jamaica with uh, with Madeline, who uh, he, they got married, I think, after the end of Spectre. Or I don't know, maybe they're still together. But they're supposed to still be together because she's in the movie. Uh, Leia Sadeo is the actress. So that's where I kind of call bullshit on that he makes a pass at the 007 that's current. Like, I, I don't see that, um, especially because it's Felix Leiter that tries to bring him back into the action. The right. fact that someone from the CIA is trying to bring him back in the action makes me think that, and I hope not because I like, you know, the actor Ray Fiennes who plays M and everybody that's, that's part of MI6, but maybe they, they kind of pull a skyfall and MI6 gets bombed or they just get completely eviscerated and Q and, and you know, money penny, and maybe they're the only survivors, and they're having to work with Felix and try and you know pull something out. But yeah, I I really think, just me personally, just my own opinion, I I kind of feel like that this actress knows what she's getting into. I think it's cool that they're taking a different direction. Of course, it's the Me Too movement, so they're having to take a stab, and I get it. Uh, but I feel like she'll just have her little bit of time in the sun. Uh, but I don't think she'll make it past this film. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, I guess in that regard, that's what I'm kind of worried about from the magnitude that they brought to this little leak that they've got and whether or not it's from nefarious sources, it's out there. And, and people are going to be charged emotionally about someone saying, this is going to be the next 007. 
you're in the movie as the next 007 and then rug gets pulled out from under you and not the new 007 so people that were expecting kind of like a spinoff or maybe a, a universe around this where someone was going to take on the mantle of a female super spy uh doesn't get that opportunity now because the way the movie was written and they already know the way this is going to be shot and written sure. uh, and so that's why i don't understand it seems like a useless gamble to me um but I definitely understand what you're saying and that everybody knows what they were getting into. I don't question the wisdom of the actors. I question the wisdom of the people who are pushing this message. Well, and the people that are reading the message because there's so many stupid people out there and what this, this tactic, what, cause I've seen the headlines like you have and like Justin has over the past week mm -hmm. and it's being pushed as clickbait. It's very clickbaity and that, Oh, here's the next 007. Well, no motherfucker. You don't know that. Like, yeah. <laughs> He could be in the movie for five minutes and dies. Right. I mean, anybody could be 007. But yeah, but I feel like there's too much clickbait out there. You've also got That's to wonder fair. if they're if they're using that to fish out there because people like us see right through that and they know that. So it's more of just getting the outrage of the casual fan versus somebody who kind of keeps an eye on actually what's going on and realizes that this could really go anywhere. Wouldn't that be a weird look at humanity to have people that were so worked up over everything that you put one little tidbit up there that you want them to burn themselves out real fast so that they are no longer a problem? Kind of like lighting a piece of tissue paper on fire, you know, and then like let everything just kind of blow over. And then by the time the actual movie comes out, it has nothing to do with what they were talking about. Yeah. Right. Politics. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Just kind of brush right past it. I mean, if you so. haven't noticed, we kind of do that as a company pretty often. I mean, look at the outlander. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very real thing that's out there, you know? There we go. No, but I, I think that's a, a good, all really good points around. I think it's something they've really got to be careful with. and But I think there's a, a good amount of assumption out there is kind of what it feels like at this point. And it just it's so hard to assume anything about this stuff anymore because you never know what they're just going to turn around and cut anyway. Right. Yeah. And and, and when that you're right, when they get to the editing floor, you have no idea what this movie is going to look like when it's done. I mean, shows so. like Breaking Bad. I know Game of Thrones did this. I know there's a ton of others shoot like three different full things and they don't even know what, you know, the actors don't even know what the ending is actually going to be. They just know which ones were shot, you know, right. and there's going to be a lot of secrecy under that stuff, too. Yeah, or yeah. Christopher Nolan films, you know, like he's got that new one coming out next year. No one knows. I mean, there's a little bit of a plot, but no one really even knows what it's going to be. And that's I, I wish more movies were made that way because everybody wants to in, in the in the age of now where everybody needs to know everything now. It's like there's by the time you get to the ending on most of these films, you're just kind of like, eh. yeah, I mean, it was crazy to me, like uh, Brian Cranston really articulated how clear it was on breaking bad that there were so many times where they didn't even know what was going to happen they just knew their piece and they acted that piece and that was it and they do the same thing on better call Saul. i'm sure sounds like a vince gilligan thing but it just made me kind of realize how often that probably happens or doesn't happen and that's actually probably a rarity i would say yeah, yeah. it's it's brilliant though it really is. I like that idea. Like, even if the actors don't know, then you, I mean, the speculation just seems you could like it, it makes it all conjecture. It doesn't make it any kind of real, you know? Right. And, and we don't know if this rumor was based around complete hot trash anyway. You know, I mean, like, like Brandon said, I mean, how much of this is based around reality and how much of it is just someone trying to get the first scoop 
and absolutely balking. So, I, which has happened, you know, I mean, the, the problem I see is that everybody ran with it. You know, like you said, clickbait headlines and it's everywhere. It's the same headline and it was such a big deal. Uh, it, it's, it's almost like, a, I feel like it's a mess of their own making. And if they really don't make things go the direction that they've promised in some way or don't cheapen it, or, or, or I'm sorry, if they do cheapen it, they're going to be in a load of trouble. I agree. I think that's the biggest thing to keep an eye on here. There can't be any cheap shots, especially with all that's been promised. Yeah. And uh, and who knows? It could also go a different way. Conspiracy Carl may think that the, uh, that the actual stuff was leaked out to drive the narrative and to push it a certain direction. And, uh, and, and maybe that was it too. But I mean, we won't know until the film comes out. It's as long as uh, as long as no one gets you know kidney punched by it, then I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I mean that that's all I'm hoping for, really. Right. I mean, at this point, that's all we know is we so, we're just trying not to get kidney punched by this thing. Just don't go to get kidney punched by a movie. Yeah. Any any when, movie. I hate when that happens. Really. I hate it. I hate it. It's disgusting. Real son of a bitch. Yep. Uh, one thing that I'm really I've seen a lot about lately and I saw some casting happen on this Elvis Presley biopic. So I just I feel like this is another one of those things where they really have to make sure to get it right. But I I considering Tom Hanks is involved as the colonel. I can't see how they miss. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know much about this. Uh, this kid who's been set to play Elvis uh, known as Austin Butler, but the guy who is directing it, uh, Boz Lerman, he's done uh, multiple biopics in the past. Uh, the guy's a really good director, and he has gone on and and has been quoted to say like that this kid can emulate and pretty much uh, totally encompass what Elvis's personality was. So, I mean, I haven't really seen that, seen anybody really do that on film unless they were like maybe an impersonator. Uh, but to have someone naturally come in and do that, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and the fact that. They had, uh, I think, like, uh, they had a bunch of uh, well-known actors um, that were real young, but, you know, big household names come in, and they were part of the casting process as well. And for them to choose a newcomer, it's pretty ballsy. It is, but, I mean, if he's that good, then you have to kind of roll with it. I yeah. Mean, that's kind of the idea, right? And to cast him to play opposite Tom Hanks, and you're 100% sure about that? Yeah, so I, I got confidence in this. I'm I'm interested to see, you know, what's going to be put together and whenever they come out with a teaser trailer for it. Did anybody ever see that Jonathan Rhys Meyers movie Elvis: The Early Years? Um, I don't know if I've ever seen it, but I know that as far as actors portraying Elvis, I've heard that he's done a very good job. So I mean, I think he's too old for this bit now. I mean, it's I think he's probably you know middle mid forties, but. Um, that's just another actor that came to mind that was someone that actually uh had portrayed elvis on film i think he's a, i think he's scottish mm -hmm. um but he did uh he apparently did a, a fairly good job as far as impersonating elvis and, and doing him justice so uh but yeah i i'm interested in seeing this i mean shit if tom hanks is attached i'll probably watch it in a heartbeat are we do we think we're gonna see a bunch about peanut butter and banana sandwiches fried <laughs> do you I think we'll so. see him die on a toilet <laughs> i mean probably honestly yeah or shoot a tv or shoot a tv Dude, or yeah. have all, with women right 
all these things what we've described as an nc-17 movie but i think that uh you know given given enough massaging of the material we can get it down to a hard r probably so are we gonna see him like balloon up to a like 800 pounds i mean that's probably right weight weight fluctuation is a big part of the elvis story right yeah i mean he showed up like like wouldn't he like off out of the spotlight for like a while and then showed up like two like 150 pounds heavier or something like that oh yeah yep and that how it kind of like all came out Mm -hmm. what a weird thing like overall it just i'm excited to know more about this overall i've actually there's a a special on hbo about him that's like a two-part thing it's like four hours long and i've wanted to watch it but it just seems so like like knowing that this is going to come out, I kind of feel like I want to go into this fresh before I watch something like that. That's fair. Judge the acting on the acting's merits, right? I mean, like go go in it to a, a clean slate and uh, and see if he does a good job. Uh, I think I think I, a lot of people have impersonated or done, uh, uh, you know, portrayed Elvis on film, and uh, I, I can't say that it's ever been done perfectly. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd be very interested in, in all the hype that's involved in this film so far. I, I've always loved the conspiracy theory, and I feel like I have to write about it. Maybe we can hash it out here for a second about Elvis and just his whole death and everything. I mean, why was that such a question as to whether he actually died or not? Do we Are we familiar with that at all? They never found the body. He got flushed down the toilet, dude. <laughs> like a turd? <laughs> he had one of those big boy big bubba toilets yeah that's a big yeah. toilet though that guy was huge when he died yeah that's well, i mean science man it's not a big deal well, apparently he had like uh i forget how i learned this don't ask but apparently he had like a really really huge sized turd that was like stopped up in him <laughs> and uh you know when he died that's not and, true that's no, not he, was, he was constipated and that's how he died on the toilet Oh my God! Everybody, eat your fiber, <laughs> right? I don't all know about all that listeners, story, eat your fiber now. I'm gonna have to do some research into that. That's an incredible story. If that's true, uh, uh, I've heard it from multiple places, but you know, maybe I'm incorrect here. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go on record and say that you know I'm not gonna take the oath. But yeah, no, that's that's. I mean, I guess if you're, no, I can't believe I'm even talking about this, but, dude. But with any celebrity. <laughs> Brandon, you're not going to die on the hill that is a bowling ball sized turd for Elvis. <laughs> By Ben, yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, but God. I feel like with Elvis's celebrity, it he it catapulted him in a way that you think about all the other musicians, you know, uh, famous musicians like you know Tom Petty, Prince, and you know, I mean, you can keep going backwards in time, uh, Buddy Holly, all them, but. Uh, you know, no one really compares to Elvis. And especially you think back to the time and, and the, the the period in which he did it. I mean, no one else was really doing that. They were like, what the hell is this? They see him for the first time on, I think it was Ed Sullivan or something like that, you know? And uh, so I think a lot of people just didn't want to believe that it was true, you know? That's fair. Uh, and it's not like you had social media like you do now. Right. That's I, true. I just... I googled for shits and giggles, no pun intended. There, uh, uh, Elvis Presley turd. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
You guys, oh, image, image search that, please. No, 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 no. Are, Are you guys ready for the that <laughs> might, like, Or just, I think it turns to just look like Elvis, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I, I can promise you anything. You uh, two are not ready for the first headline that came up when I searched Elvis Presley turd. Lay it on us. <laughs> Elvis Presley turd sold for $1.2 million. <laughs> oh, that's everything I ever wanted. Was that the onion? I don't think so, unfortunately. It's the cricket. That's... <laughs> I don't know if the cricket's oh, no. a parody site or not, but that's the first thing that came up. They preserved it? I, <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. Well, okay, I mean, I, like, oh, where, I don't know where pictures. you find it. So there's pictures. Let's just let's get off this topic. This is not good. That's I told bad. you. Image search is not your friend right now, buddy. This is Brandon's <laughs> fault. Oh sure, yeah, blame it on me. You led yeah. us down this path of insanity with the giant turds. Ugh. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. You asked. I didn't ask. You brought it up. Yeah, it seems seems like a pretty clean slate no, on that like, one. You're like, do we even know how he even died? No, Boom. no, 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 no. The Turds. question was, do we know why there was almost or there was always such speculation around his death in general? Because he dies on a toilet. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> we need to get some statistics on that. We'll get the interns on it. There we go. Okay. No, that is a good question, though. I mean, what what is behind the Elvis lives controversy? Yeah, I think a better question is how many people die on the toilet every year. Fair enough. I think we've jumped the tracks on that, so that's good. I hope he shows up in Space Jam, too. Oh, oh you know he will. <laughs> know. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if Space Jam 2 and Space Jam and this Elvis biopic were in the same universe? And then the Men in Black come in? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm th- I think we're, we're figuring it out now. Cinematic yeah. universes are a big thing now. I think we need 21 Jump Street involved as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, too. Um, yeah. I would like to give you guys one more tidbit. I Googled uh, how many people die on the toilet each year. And mm. according to Wiki Answers, over 40,000 toilet-related injuries occur in the U.S. each year. Even Elvis died on the toilet. Oh, that is such a fucking cop-out. 40,000 toilet-related injuries? What, you, like, close the toilet lid on your junk? Oh, like- I <laughs> oh no like what is that what is a toilet related injury i sat down and like someone left the seat up like you're puking violently and you concussed yourself yeah yeah, maybe you're puking violently and the lid falls down on your head i mean there's a lot that could happen yeah yeah i mean toilet related injuries involve anything in and around the toilet i think hmm that is true. You're I mean, trying it, to, what happens if you're trying to do an upper decker and you fall off the top? Toilet related. <laughs> Toilet related injury right there. <laughs> it's a pretty uh, common generic term, but I like it. I, th- I think that the toilet got as injured as you did on that one. Yeah, that's right. So, that's yeah. Tough. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up there then. We want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's at Sensibly Loud on Instagram and on Twitter. We're at Sensibly Loud Media on Facebook. And make sure to call and leave us a voicemail. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about what you guys want to talk about. We'll play voicemails on the show. Uh, Answer questions, whatever you guys want. That number is 972-885-9361. And we'll see you guys next week with another edition of Sensibly Loud Radio.
talk about making a mockery out of the Elvis chat with bowling ball sized turds. <laughs> <laughs>